0: Welcome back to Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement, a podcast where we look at all of the journeys through chess improvement, whether they be the highs, the lows, somewhere in between. As always, I'm looking to bring on guests who have had some sort of journey to relay to the audience. And this week, we're fortunate enough to be joined by the inventor of 100 Days of Chess on Twitter, Jesse Shikarian. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm doing well. This
0: is exciting. (laughs) That's great. Um, I hear you now have lots of cats. That's what I saw on Twitter. Um, I I was going to say, are you a cat person? But I think I have to assume the answer is yes, you are.
1: I like cats. I love dogs, too. But cats have a special place in my heart, for sure.
0: Okay. All right. That sounds good. I'm more of a dog person, but it may just be because my allergies are more intense When it comes to cats, so, like, any time one snuggles me, I'm like, oh, yay, a cat. And then, like, five seconds later, I'm like, oh, no, a cat.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it depends, right? Like, I definitely know people who have allergies to cats but still have them anyway because they're like, I can't live without a cat, so it's fine.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. That sounds good. Um, So, when it comes to chess, let's get a little bit about your background. How long have you been playing chess? Um,
1: See, it's August.
0: And when, when you say, months? okay, so when you say five <laughs> months, um, yes. is that five months that you've ever played chess or did you like learn it when you were a kid and just messing around with it or did you learn how the pieces moved five months ago? Uh, I
1: learned how the pieces moved five months
0: ago. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So what got yeah. you into chess? Was it um, the, the pandemic? Was it Queen's Gambit? Was it both? Was it neither? It was
1: Queen's Gambit.
0: Okay. And and what was it about Queen's Gambit that that brought you in?
1: Um, I would say it was it was seeing something like like chess is really interesting because like five months ago or six months ago, I didn't I thought the chess was hard and it was um, I had to be really smart to do it and it just had like this like kind of like aura around it because I didn't understand it and now like everything makes more sense. So so to see Beth's journey of start to finish, like she she found it on her own. And then I got to see how someone's life was affected by chess. And by seeing her point of view, it made it really interesting. And I was really curious by, by after like the first two episodes, it was like, let's go see what this chess stuff is about.
0: Oh, that's cool. So I've heard from a lot of people, it was almost like the romanticizing of like the you know the global travel and tournaments but it sounds like for you it was it was before that it was more just like seeing that it was accessible
1: yeah and it was also about seeing it, it what actually really interests me about chess is that you're the expectations of 64 squares which is small really relatively and yet the amount of variations and potential within that um, really is what, what really fascinated me the most and definitely um, helped me understand that things are going to be hard, especially to start, but uh, that there is depth because we saw it with Beth, you know? And so I knew that if I can keep going, then the reward would be to be able to work within that, you know?
0: hmm so, why, though? Why why play chess, right? Like, I get what you're saying, that you feel like you could do it and it would be rewarding. I'm curious, like, why you thought, though, now I want to play it. It seems
1: like fun
0: and <laughs> I like a good challenge. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it for me is why I came back was the challenge part, right? Like, I, I realized I was looking for a new challenge in my life and the queen's gambit really reminded me of when I used to play chess. And and one of the reasons I left was I thought the challenge was too daunting and I'm at a different place in my life where I'm like, no, no challenge is too daunting. I may fail horribly, but at least it was a fun challenge.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's, that's the fun of it, right? Like I could be like, okay, so this has a really steep learning curve. I could either meet that curve and keep going or, I can say at least I gave it a really fair shot, and I tried. And maybe it's not for me, but there's really only one way to know, and that's just to do it.
0: Yeah, that's so that's so great. I think you said one of the things that I've been trying to say for the last 20 years, which is you don't have to be smart to play chess, right? Like you probably do have to be quote smart to be a champion at chess. Um, mm-hmm. But like I used to play 20 years ago at a chess club, and most of those people were not like the most intelligent people by the way we normally measure intelligence right but they still were good at chess and it's just I think that's a really hard thing for people to understand because for whatever reason in our culture chess and intelligence have been like completely united
1: yeah that that to me is really interesting especially to go from like being on the outside of this to stepping into the world and then once people started knowing me as like person who played chess, they were like, you would be really smart. And I was like, no. like I, I Literally, December 31st, 2020, if you would ask me about chess, I'd be like, I don't know, it sounds too hard and it sounds boring and I don't understand it and I, it's just not worth it, right? Because that's just from the outside because I didn't know anything about chess. I just knew Bobby Fischer and that was probably about it. <laughs> I didn't know anybody who played chess. I, I. I Parents didn't really play chess. Nobody did um, in my life. So, you know, all of a sudden, then I started getting into chess, and everyone's like, oh, you play chess now? I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, it's too hard. I can't do that. I'm like, but it's not. If I can do it, you can do it, right? Like, <laughs> it's it's a trip.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fascinating because I feel like it's the only game that I can think of other than maybe Scrabble that, like, has this intelligence link because I played uh card collectible card games for like 15 years and Mm -hmm. if i ever told people like oh yeah i play a collectible card game no one was like wow you must be smart instead they were like (laughs) wow you really are immature and wasteful of your time
1: (laughs) we i have uh when we do like so i do these chess chats um on twitter spaces and we have talked about how uh the collectible card games have a lot in common with chess Actually, because of all the strategy and, and mm-hmm. things like that, so that's that's actually a pretty common thing. Is a lot of chess people play those collectible card games for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's been interesting as I've made this transition to chess. I was I would never really talk about that I played collectible card games, but like at work, I'm a teacher, and like being a chess player is totally acceptable, right? And like I told my boss, I'm I'm going to a chess tournament, and he was like, Oh, that's awesome! But if I had said like <laughs> I'm going to go to a, a Pokemon card game tournament, he would have given me a funny look and been like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, why are you doing that?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's definitely understandable. And I feel like when I started playing chess, and, and for me, because it started during a pandemic, I still haven't been to a club where a club's not open. Um, and so I've, I, I imagine that the bridge, some commonality of that is like the social aspect. And I haven't really been able to partake in the same level of social like interaction, like person to person, versus like online, which is really different. Um, and so I feel like uh, it feels kind of funny, right? I'm like, everybody has this experience of like, oh yeah, my uncle got me into chess, and then I went to the chess club, and you know, mm-hmm. go every every Thursday or something, and I'm like, cool, that's not my experience <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. It's been weird for me too cuz 20 years ago I did that, right? Every week there was the there was a tournament, it was one classical game and you'd go like an hour early and hang out with people and play blitz and and now like you said that that's especially in Los Angeles that is just gone, right? Like there's no yeah. whispers of that. There's a place in Orange County if you're in the mood to drive and risk it all, um you've got that <laughs> option, but uh yeah. like my daughter <laughs> desperately wants a USCF over the board rating and I'm like I, we just uh, gotta wait like I don't know what to tell you yeah that yeah exactly
1: that's that's and then people are like so what's your rating and I'm like zero <laughs> they're like oh okay so what's your online rating I'm like not good <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't I, I don't have a standard to compare it against because I was so new and they're like so you know how many tournaments have you played and like none <laughs> But I
0: aspire to.
1: Right? I just want to survive one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, in the first tournament, it's so stressful, right? Like, it just kind of depends on what kind of person you are. Some people stress just, like, makes them even better. But if you're not that kind of person, you can probably expect you'll play several hundred points below your rating and make ridiculous (laughs) mistakes that you'll hate yourself about. Do they
1: keep you up at night?
0: Um, depends how bad they are. <laughs> so that's a great question. All right. So speaking of rating, I hate asking this, but I feel like it's important for the people listening. What is your rating by whatever metric it is that you have chosen to measure yourself? Uh,
1: I feel like that's a really interesting question. I will say right now my chest rating is sitting at about 650. But I feel like the whole concept of like the sort of self-worth aspect of chess and your rating, and depending on which rating it is, and then each one has its own like standard of rating methods, <laughs> I'm just like, holy cow. Um, I, I don't even know. You know, like, that, that, that to me is, is so interesting that people are like, oh, yeah, I got past 100. And you're like, this is an arbitrary number. Like, <laughs> it doesn't actually mean anything. <laughs> And yeah, it feels good, right?
0: Yeah, you know? or bad, so, right? Depending mm-hmm, on which yeah. direction it's going.
1: Mhm. And then if you have you know, you play a bunch of games and then you get tilted, right? And you're like yeah. oh, crap. I feel like crap because that's get yourself worth really tied up in that and I I don't I don't know how I feel about it yet. But it's just part of the thing. You gotta gotta do it. You know, oh, I'm six fifty, okay, that's not great. You know, but mm-hmm. that's I'm a beginner. I expect nothing less, you know.
0: And what it, when you say 650, what what um, time control are you doing? Is that rapid?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think Chess.com rapid is how I've been measuring myself as well, just because I have measured myself by my USCF rating. But like we said, uh, it's very hard to get to a tournament. I actually went to the Vegas tournament. Which oh, you did? At that time, I was like, this feels a little risky like people in vegas are yeah. wildly irresponsible i'm on oh, yeah. this tram and it's continually blaring it is against the law to remove your mask <laughs> i'm the only one with a mask and there's like 35 other people crammed in there <laughs> without them
1: Oh, well, that would have felt really a dystopian and b like really icky because vegas yeah. is already kind of icky but um like just in the general feeling especially like inside a casino ugh, it feels yes icky. but yeah, that's, that's
0: very, ooh. Yeah, maybe. at least in, Did you like, have fun at least? I had a great time in the playing hall. Everyone had a mask on. Um, I didn't really spend a lot of time in casinos because it felt awkward. I went with yeah. a friend, so we kind of hung out. It just felt good to be like with another person, quote, post-COVID. <laughs> Little did we know that was just a very momentary bubble where it felt like maybe we were on the other side. Uh, but, but no. then we were wrong there probably won't be such a thing as post-covid at this range <laughs> it seems that way but that that's a whole nother podcast that i <laughs> wanna do
1: tune in for our covid podcast
0: <laughs> all right so I, I really liked what you said about self-worth and ratings it's one of the things that i've tried really hard not to do is to have my rating dictate my self-worth i'd say 20 years ago when I was playing, it was much more so the case. If I, if I went to a tournament and lost 30 points, that was a really devastating moment. Whereas now I'm really trying to focus on just like, I feel like I'm seeing more in my games and I have a deeper understanding. I'm curious, are, are you letting your rating dictate your self-worth? Are you finding ways to avoid that? Uh, how are you handling that?
1: I would say at first, I definitely fell into the trap of like, oh my god, my rating points fell fifty points or something because I lost. Well, but I lose every game, right? At a certain point, I was like, I'm gonna lose every game <laughs> until I start winning. So it doesn't matter. And then I was like, oh right, this doesn't matter. This is just like, right? Don't let cut it's not. It's it's just if it, there's points online, right? Like it doesn't necessarily mean anything, because the points can change, right? You can have good days and bad days, and and it's more about the average, I would think, over a longer period of time. Um, so in my case, I just have to keep playing and playing and playing and playing, right? Until it's, it really starts to even even out a little bit. Um, and that's, then it becomes, how do I define my worth as a player by my ability to to learn, to be happy playing, To be, um, you know, interested and motivated and the discipline to keep showing up to do the 100 days of chess because there was definitely a good three Mm. weeks where I didn't do it. Um, And that, I think at that point, I was still kind of like, because, you know, I'm still, I'm on this ride for like the very first time, right? Compared to like everybody else who's already kind of started this ride, right? And you already kind of know what to expect versus for me, I'm like learning everything brand new. Um, And so... That's been been really fascinating. So, then it just became well, I just want to get better. Better doesn't have to have a number. And if I get my points improved, then it's great. And if they don't, it's okay because it will eventually get there. And so I kind of have to just trust in the the process of playing and and enjoying my my journey, right? Like I never played sports as a kid. I didn't really play a a whole lot of games as an only child, so. you know, growing up, so this is all very, very new to me, like, I've never wanted to be good at anything, really, not in that competitive way, you know?
0: Mm hmm interesting. That that is such a good point that, especially if you haven't played other games, that this whole, this whole thing, this whole competition that you're sort of thrust into if you want to learn chess is so new, because you could, theoretically, just read books and you know, play over master games and never play a rated game, but it just, that feels pretty hollow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like there's, there's there's a theory and a practice element, right? So they have to go together and I'm, that's something I'm I'm really cementing into my brain now of like, Oh, there has to be, it's, it's two parts. It's not just understanding what a pin is and how it works. It's, it's, How do I put that pin? Okay, I I see that I have a pin. I could have a pin in a move or two or something. And how do I implement that, right? And then that really is just, to me, comes down to problem solving, right? So we find a problem. How do we fix that problem? And then I was like, oh, well, that's not that bad, you know? And then just just changing the, how do I understand it, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, That's how I approach chess as well, that it's just like a giant puzzle I'm trying to solve. But yeah. it's like the pieces aren't fully colored or something, and I have to like figure out what's on the pieces. But I my <laughs> my vision gets better and better, and I'm able to see it better. This analogy is yeah. breaking down quickly. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Me, I, I agree. I, I think yeah. of it as like a, a puzzle and a challenge I'm trying to solve.
1: And the thing is, I love puzzles and I love doing those like, uh, like those metal um, like hand puzzles They come put back together. Mm. And the, the easy part is taking them apart. The hard part is putting them back together. And then how do I get it to fit? And then once I started playing chess, I went back to my puzzles. And I was like, hmm, I find that I am using a different, the same part of my brain to, that I play chess with to, to work on these puzzles, right? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, because I love puzzles. And then, then once I started doing tactics puzzles, like, oh, I could do these all day. Let's just, like, sit and play a whole bunch of them, right? Because puzzles are super fun. Um, so not a sports person, love puzzles. That works really well. So this is where, like, they come together, right?
0: Gotcha. And do you feel like um, any of those muscles that you're developing with chess are coming up in other parts of your life?
1: Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so many. Um, I I really got lucky. I think I picked the right moment in time, uh, probably because of Queen's Gambit and because of the pandemic and, and because I'm so new to chess, I got to see Things from a very different perspective that i don't think maybe if you've been in this in this world a long time maybe you don't see it that way so um my day job i'm a a user experience designer and um, i started writing about chess and user experience because it became like a way to make sure that i'm understanding chess right like just basic concepts in chess and how they apply right like okay so if you know your opening repertoire right and you know that you're going to make these i don't know four moves let's say but then someone does something different and you don't you don't have a plan for that that move and then it throws you off right but you're using the pieces in a way that helps you understand what you need to do and it's very similar to being online right like a website always has you know like when you're on your phone there's always those little three bars that opens up a menu you know what to look for their signals and so once I started playing, I was like, Oh hey, like, this reminds me of all this stuff, mm-hmm. this, like, work stuff. <laughs> and then I started blogging about it for fun, and I didn't expect anybody to read it, and then all of a sudden, people were reading it. Then wow. I got invited to a conference to talk mm-hmm. about chess pieces and, like, the pre-Staunton sets, how they were varied from country to country, um, because I wrote about how the pieces were different. And I just found it fascinating, right? Like, oh, wow, look, there's like, pieces that sort of break my what what we call like a mental model what you think of when you think of chess right you think of the starting set mm-hmm. but once once i learned that there were all these like you know antique chess sets from different countries i was like whoa a these are beautiful b this is super cool because this breaks our sort of modern understanding of chess but it's the same game right like so the pieces are different they might have different names and different shapes but it's the same Mm-hmm. And so I got to go do a talk about chess pieces, um, for a design conference and that was super fun. And, yeah, uh, then people started knowing me as like the chess lady and then <laughs> I went to a, an industry conference and one of the guys who was there, um, like he, he plays chess, um, and he was like, Jesse, I'm like, what? He's like, I'm not talking to you about chess. I'm like, I'm not here to talk to you about chess. I'm here to come look at your, you know, bring poster for this event, like, <laughs> <laughs> He's, like, good. And I was, like, that's how I do I was, like, okay, I'm going to be okay because everybody knows that I play chess. So the people who do want to play chess with me, like, started seeking me out. So now I have a couple of, like, tech friends, other designers, and some developers who play chess. And now we just kind of build this little interior circle of chess players within my, like, day job. And it's, like, all of a sudden, I'm, like, wow, this is so cool. Like, there's this whole other, like, Connection world that I can build, and and that was just like amazing to me. Like I've never been fully um, like immersed into a subculture or something like that to this extent. Where oh, you play chess? Okay, cool. I'm gonna add you on chess.com, and we're gonna play some correspondence games while we work. You know, <laughs> and I was just like, cool. this is awesome. So I have I have a designer friend who like we because he's like way better than me. He's like a mm-hmm. uh, maybe 1200, and. It, so we play unrated games because, you know, there's rating. But uh, we play all the time. And always, like, the moment we finish a game, we start a new one. And then he's just like, yeah, let's just keep playing and playing and playing. And so That's I cool. can keep kind of tallying my how well I'm doing by, how, like, how much better I'm getting as I play against him. And he doesn't crush me as fast. <laughs> hmm.
0: And is, is he a fellow adult improver or is he just someone who enjoys playing chess?
1: I honestly don't know. We pretty much only play chess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) We just play correspondence chess, and I I don't think I've I've ever talked to him too much. But the bond, right? The the bond connects the chess connection becomes this great thing that connects people from all over the world across generations, and you know, like it's just the coolest thing. I love
0: it. Yeah, I've I've uh, I haven't encountered that many fellow chess improvers but i've encountered chess players my favorite chess story is i was at a party and uh, a friend of mine knew i played chess and he was like i love chess and so we started playing and he had really no idea how to like you know like play organized chess or whatever he was just doing mm-hmm. what he does um and so he, he wasn't doing all that well and then he calls over our other friend he says hey i need you to take over from me just for a minute while i go do this thing and as soon as he sits down, I just go boom, checkmate. And he's like, "What?" <laughs> and then the other guy comes back and he's like, "You lost the game for me." I, like, I didn't lose anything. You walked away at checkmate.
1: So. It was, it was <laughs> kind of funny. But um, yesterday, so, so my husband's a veteran, so we're at the VA, and um, I was talking to a veteran who was sitting by us, and and he was saying he was from St. Louis, and I was I was like, "Okay, don't be weird. Just some dude from St. Louis, like who's you know older." Um, and so I was like, "So did you grew up in St. Louis? Like, did you play chess?" And he's like, "No, no, the set pieces are pretty, but that's it." And I was like, "Really? But it's like the chess capital of the country." And he's like, "It's the beer capital of the country, but I don't drink either." And I was like, Touché.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Have you have you thought at all about relocating to one of the chess meccas? Although I I guess L. A. supposedly is. I just haven't seen that in reality.
1: Why? I don't know. I would like to visit St. Louis, because I feel like I have, to go, I have to go to the museum. i have to go to the wall thing. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, actually, I think LA actually has a ton of uh, chess history that's endlessly fascinating, and I'm kind of starting to dig through that history a little bit. Um, there's a lot of famous players who've come through Los Angeles, but um, it's just not, I think it's kind of getting become more forgotten mm-hmm. over the years. And so I think it'd be really cool to to see what history the city has. Cause I I was born and raised here, yeah. and so I'm like, oh wow, like the more I learn, right? Like now all of a sudden, mm. like I never thought about St. Louis before, and now I'm like, oh, I want to go. <laughs> or like Austin also has a big chess scene. I, I had no idea, right? Mm. Like this is just so cool. It's like hidden, you know, beneath the surface, depending on whether or not you know. Yeah. Um, and and LA is one of these places where there was a big chess um, scene. And there probably still is, but I, I, I haven't seen it
0: yet either. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good. It, for me, um, yeah, I, I don't know if you know my background. I don't really want to go into it because I've done it on many podcasts, but uh, I played 20 <laughs> years ago, and it's been fun for me to see some of the people that were like the up-and-coming people 20 years ago. Like, for me, one of my favorite examples is uh, Tatev. I'm actually not sure how to pronounce your last name. Abrarium, something like that. Um, she's i think she's a women's grandmaster and she was I don't know maybe like a 15 year old kid or something when I was playing and it's really cool to see her having you know gone the whole range into her career and be this amazing player so that, that's kind of cool to see um, those up-and-coming kids really grow into something special it's it's
1: it's really interesting I, don't, I can't think of too many other Things like this, where adults play like kids, and and the the playing field is essentially even, and that's that's just the coolest thing. And it, it made me sad once I found chess, and I was like, why didn't I find this when I was a kid? <laughs> but I don't I don't know that I would have had the attention span, honestly, to be able to sit down and play.
0: Yeah, it's uh, to me, uh, you say it's cool. I think it's kind of bizarre. Like as someone who has a six year old who really loves chess. I don't think she's real excited about going to a tournament and having to play, you know, six rounds against adults. I, I think that to her, it's just a really foreign concept. And I, in some ways I think it's good for her to see like, you're also a person, right. That can have, yeah. that can be just as good. But at mm-hmm. the other, the other hand, her maturity level is not the same. Right. And and I think yeah. that's, a, it's a really weird challenge to tell, a little kid with a vastly different social skills and maturity level to have to somehow sit down across some adult who probably doesn't want to be playing them. That's what I've often heard <laughs> from adults. So I don't know. To me, it's, it's a weird phenomena.
1: It's, it's unique. And I, I think it's, I think it's very cool because um, there's not a lot of places where kids get the chance to be, to be equals with adults. And on some level, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just rad, right? Like the the chessboard is to equalize it, and and that's what I like about showing up to the board. It almost becomes like, okay, every game is different, and that means it's always a clean slate, and that's yeah. that's so cool. Um, that that makes me really excited, especially when I'm really not feeling great, and I'm like, oh my god, am I ever gonna not be like a beginner? And then I'm like, but you know what? Different, different tactics puzzles, different game, or different. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's always, it's always a clean slate, and that's that's cool because the rules are always the same; it doesn't change, and um, I can always approach it with a new perspective. But I can see why that would be very difficult for for kids, especially when you know, depending on the parents and you know stuff like that. Um, I know scholastic
0: chess is, like
1: a big deal. Um,
0: so, yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, on the other hand, though, she is really excited about the prospect of, of whooping adults. Like, uh, <laughs> right? she can just cool. about beat my wife regularly now, which she's real excited about. And she oh, can beat awesome. her big sister. And she'll be able to crush all of our relatives who don't really play chess. So, <laughs> like, that is exciting to her. I got to admit, she, she's yeah. excited about that part. See,
1: that, that's really cool. And yeah. how many other things can you play as a kid? That you can beat adults at, that are you know, that take real skill and yeah. for like forethought, you know, that treat treats you like but treats the kid like the adult, not like a kid. It's not a kid's game. I mean, it's a kid's game, but not a kid's game, you know. Yeah. So that's okay. that's awesome. That makes me like really excited because not that I don't have kids, but but I think it's it's awesome because it always brings in new like the new generation. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm part of it new generation because i just started and i'm 33 <laughs> I'm like well that's weird you know everything's written for kids and i'm like oh so who was doing adult beginner stuff not really anybody as far as i can tell you know and i was like oh, this is this is odd <laughs> you know like it's it's an it's a interesting place
0: yeah like there's that book uh it's like i can't remember the name of it, Be- beginning chess chess strategy for kids or something and it's Actually, just a really good book for adults also. But I think most adults, when they see four kids, they're like, eh, I don't think I want that one.
1: And honestly, right, like, okay, I've I've been there, right, because I've seen that book. I'm like, it's for kids. I shouldn't get it. But then I was like, that's my ego, right? Like, well, it's not for me.
0: Yeah, and it's where's the adult
1: beginner's book. And there isn't one. And But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think it's interesting sure like there are some things I, I wish that um, adult that was taught for beginners who play chess but most of it's covered in, in pretty much every book mm-hmm.
0: so what are your goals in chess do you have ratings goals um, I, I, don't, I don't know what what kind of goals do you have
1: um, well so this year I'll play my first tournament at the end of the year mm-hmm. um, so survive that
0: what tournament? <laughs> and then
1: um, it's probably going to be the Los Angeles open. Okay. Um, I know there's one in, one in orange County also, the North American open,
0: I think. Yeah, I think there was one in Irvine that I saw there Maybe. a couple of them.
1: I yeah, don't know, I'm but not... definitely the Los Angeles open. I'm actually not that far from it. So, um, oh,
0: nice.
1: that one for sure. And then honestly, like this is just going to be a lifelong journey, right? Like to get better. I think if, if I had to put uh, my word, like, I don't have like a numbers goal right now, but I just want to be able to keep writing about chess. That's, that's the thing I really love to do. And so the more I know, the more it helps me write to a certain extent. Um, so I really just want to play well enough to write well.
0: <laughs> interesting. So that, that's a really interesting goal. So your goal is more of like you want to improve your chess so you can have a better understanding for the thing, the other thing that you love doing, which is writing.
1: Yeah. I love to write. Uh, it's when I have like, like writing deadlines, I, there's nothing that really makes me happier. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I I just, and then just love to write about being new to chess because there really isn't anybody writing about that. So I'm like, okay, I know that I'm not the only one out there. And so that's why I try to share my experience, all my experiences like good or bad, because it's just part of the drawing process. And I don't know if the things that I'm feeling or or the mistakes that I'm making are normal, though they probably are. Um, you know, just putting it out there that this stuff is normal, right? And and yeah. the, the amount of structure and um, discipline that, that chess has brought into my life has been huge. Um, I've talked about it publicly, but like I, I got diagnosed with ADHD and I, I'm still struggling to understand it, but now chess is always at the core of everything I do. So, you know, I want to try competitive chess. Well, that looks interesting. I want to try it, you know, and then I get to write about it and that'll be fun too. Mm. You know, um, not everything should be story fodder, but, you know, I just can't help it. And I just, if I don't write about it, then it's just going to sit in my brain and I, I have to like put it into words.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Well, what's going to happen when you're not a beginner anymore? Is it going to be like chess for sort of beginners? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: I think... I I don't I don't know I'm not sure I get kind of intimidated by people who are like, you know, tweeting about my chess journey that so I am. I'm like, dude, that's awesome! Way to kick ass! <laughs> Nobody's like under eighteen will do that, but um, you know, like that's awesome. You should totally do that. But it's like really intimidating as a as a mm-hmm. beginner, you know. I'll probably just keep blogging about it and tweeting about it because it's fun and it's nice. just like I'll be you know, what was it like beginner 2.0
0: or like,
1: you know, mm. not quite intermediate yet, but you know, not a novice. I'll find, some will find a term for it.
0: So what are you doing to get better? Uh, let's start with, um, do you have uh, a goal of an amount of time you're trying to spend each day or week on chess?
1: Um, so I practice with a coach, uh, twice a week and, um, I don't, I have a hard time with time management, uh, both on the board and off the board, uh, so that is a definitely a big problem for me, um, and so my time structure really uh, revolves around 100 days of chess, honestly, because I'm like, oh, it's a new day, and I have to be accountable, because other people do 100 days of chess, and then they'll know that I didn't do anything that day, so I have to, (laughs) um. So, yeah, it's it's doing practice. Um, my coach has me doing 60 games in a month this Ooh. month and then 70 next month. So I have to, like, it's really just building, like, the discipline to make chess a priority each day. And that's difficult for someone who has never, I've never really made anything major a priority in my life each day like this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a, a marathoner. I'm not a, you know what I mean? Like, um, that in that sort of way, where you you'd have the discipline, and that discipline becomes the power, you know. So, like, okay, brand new chess, just going with it. We're gonna go at a hundred, right? And just do <laughs> everything. <laughs> Cause that's how I operate. I it's like zero or a hundred and nothing in between. But how do I how do I wield that power? Yeah. And make it an asset, um, and especially with chess, which is just pure passion. And the more I learn about it, the more I love it. And the more I write about it, the more I love it. And you That's know, awesome. and then and then I can't stop talking about it and then, you know, but I have to keep playing because I can't I can't sit and goof off with all the chess bumps on Twitter because I still need to show up for a hundred days of chess. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, Okay, I gotta do my puzzles, right? Like okay, I gotta stop slacking, you know. So so it becomes like it builds into itself, right? The accountability mm-hmm. helps me focus, that helps me show up on the board and then Um, be able to see what I'm looking at play my game or or whatever and then just building that habit every day so right now that's that's basically what I'm doing and and making it a a priority in my life um, in the same way any other athlete would with their sport or you know their art or whatever
0: so it sounds like you're going to be playing a lot of games which is awesome what are you doing for learning when you're not working with your coach are you more of a books person more of a videos person
1: Definitely more of a books person. So, um, my coach and I are working through Soviet Chess Primer, hmm. um, and then I just, uh, yeah, so we're doing that, and um, so working through that together, definitely more of a books person. I like to be able to scribble in all my books, which I know some people are, like, horrified at, but <laughs> honestly, I do. And then all the chess, like, the tactics puzzles those books, I scribble all of them and make arrows, and it looks like, you know, like, the football, football commentary when you watch sports TV, right? Like like and then the, the like night go all the way over there and then like another arrow and then you know mm. so I have to like I'm very tactile and I have to do that um, and that's been been really interesting thing about chess to me is like I never would have realized how important tactile learning is for myself um, without something like this right and that's what's I think is interesting about like picking up a new a new passion in a pandemic where I'm not playing over the board at a chess club every week where I had to learn like Oh, playing online is actually not the most ideal medium for me. I have to play on the board, mm. which is why I'm like really serious about. I have like this dedicated study space in my um in my like, bar shared office, where I sit and play at the board, and it's separate from my computer because otherwise, like I'll just keep working. Um, so I have dedica- dedicated space and a dedicated amount of time. Like I have to show up and play my two games a day, and I have to now start adding in. Way more tactics practice because I've definitely <laughs> fallen behind on that. So, um, so yeah. Wait. So then it becomes. Oh, go ahead.
0: So you say you like playing over the board. When you play your games online, do you play them on a board and just transfer the moves, or are you playing them online?
1: Yeah. No, I I play over the board. So when I have my game, like say we well, you and I playing a game, that you make your move, I would move my. I'd have to. I'd figure out my move on the board and then hmm. make my move on the computer.
0: Okay. That's cool. I just
1: something about needing to see in 3D. I I some sort of sensory issue or like if if like you took my pizza or something, I wouldn't even register it. <laughs> it's gone. <Yeah. laughs>
0: it's weird. So, how so being able they to do that be. is yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, um, you know, I came back and was playing exclusively online. I hadn't played a game over the board in at least 10 years and some kid at school challenged me and I was like, sure, that sounds fun. And, you know, they weren't a chess player, so it wasn't a huge challenge. But I blundered upon just on a straight up like, wow, this 3D board thing is really weird looking.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's there's something interesting about talking to people who play almost exclusively digitally or on their phones or stuff like that. And then they're like, whoa, pieces are in 3D when they show up for their tournament. And they're like, yeah. okay, I'm not used to thinking in this way. And so it's just a completely different part. Like, it's a different part of your brain, right? You have to adjust to that.
0: Yeah, I realized it was going to be a pretty big problem in Vegas. So about three weeks ahead or so, I started just playing through a bunch of bunch of master games and trying to do a guess the move thing where I was really mm-hmm. investing time in playing over the board so that, you know, I could feel at least sort of comfortable playing over the board again.
1: See, I just love the weighted, how the weighted pieces feel in my hand and that, does a lot too for somehow for me it just helps like okay we're physically moving this queen over here to this the square right and then I'm like oh okay now it's here you know yeah definitely. not doesn't, doesn't register otherwise
0: it definitely feels a lot different than clicking with a mouse I finally yeah. had my first bad mouse slip it was really irritating uh-huh. I was playing uh, an officially rated USCF game. And it, they had a good attack going, and I was under a little bit of time pressure, and they might have gotten it, but I definitely had a move. And as I was calculating the move, um, I was like drawing some arrows, and then I went to, to erase the arrows, and oh, apparently oh. had already, <clears throat> I had already clicked on my queen, and so I just oh, dropped wow. her in a random spot, and I was like, <laughs> oh well, that that game's over. Uh, yeah, oh, well, that's anyway. that's really
1: that sucks. <laughs>
0: but it was my first one. Hopefully there won't be a lot more. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, You were talking about puzzles. Um, Do you have a regiment where you try to do so many puzzles per day? Do you just kind of do some puzzles? What are you doing with puzzles? Uh,
1: So I have that, like, 1,001, um, like, tactics for beginner players books, Mm. and I do those. Um, And then my coach had me order, like, Susan Bulger's, uh study chess the right way, I think it is, and I just ordered that. Um, so I work through those, and then sometimes I'll go on like chess.com and do the like puzzle rush or survival mode or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and those I'll just get sucked into. And the <laughs> next thing I know, I've done like, I've done like 30 of them. It was just like watching TV, and I'm like, ooh, cool, like, let's go. And um, so it's just like, again, nothing in between, right? So I'll sit and do like 30 in a day <laughs> or whatever. And then I'll be like, oh, I want to do it tomorrow. And I'm like, well, that's not really an acceptable answer, is it? If we're going to play in the tournament and not totally get destroyed, right? i like, yeah, okay. You know, so I have to. Mm-hmm. So I'm building that regiment actually right now. Um, I, I posted on Twitter this, like, I took one of my whiteboards and I have the games played, right? Because I play 60 games. So I keep a tally of mm-hmm. the games I'm playing, of how many I played a day. And then I have a section for tactics. And those are just going to be the days that I actually did tactics. Um, because I have to up my tactics, like, quite a bit. So, I think it's probably fair to say for every every two games I'm playing, I need to be playing, doing at least, like, 5, 10, I don't yeah. know, 15 puzzles. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I have to really up, up my game. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, that's what I'm kind of using to keep track of it. And it hangs over my desk when I work, so.
0: <laughs> it lure, looms coach. over you.
1: It essentially, essentially, right, because because my coach was like, okay, so here's what you're going to do this month, and I was like, holy crap, that's a lot, but, you know, it's yeah. almost so much that I have to find, I have to find the discipline and the time to make this this happen, right? It becomes, okay, we have to make it a priority, so now all of his instructions loom all over me <laughs> on my desk, and I'm like, it's 4 p.m., and I haven't done anything yet, I should probably do some tactics, because he's going to yeah. know that my board isn't like marked for the
0: day. <laughs> it sounds like you're really making chess a priority. So I'm wondering how you feel about like, do you feel guilty at all when you do something else that's fun, but it's not chess? Like I've been having this problem lately where like, I'll play a collectible card game that I like a lot. And then afterwards I'm like, what was I doing? I could have done like 10 puzzles.
1: Um... I mean, I used to feel this way about writing when I was in my 20s. I was like, I'm going to be a fiction writer. and I'm going to write that that great American novel, right? And so every day that I didn't do my writing, I really guilt-tripped myself. And then I realized, you know what? It doesn't matter that I didn't do anything that day, for example, for writing. um, And that it's still working. Like, thinking is still working. And it's the same thing for chess. I feel like, okay, if you, if you're thinking about the fact that like you made a blunder or maybe you had that puzzle you've been stuck on, like sometimes spending time not doing anything is good for your brain and it helps you get yourself unstuck. So it's not that I, I, now I'm trying to not skip a day, like making sure that my 100 days of chess are actually 100 days in a row rather than like every other day like they have been lately. Um, and so, it's 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 less about feeling guilty and, and more about, like, letting my brain unwind a little. And that is important, or just as important as playing, right? So, if you have your dedicated study time, so I know for me that I have until 7 p.m. every day. I have to do something. But if it's 7 p.m. and I haven't done anything, then personally I'm in trouble with myself, right? Mm-hmm. So... I'm sitting around playing Candy Crush at 7.30. You know, <laughs> okay, get off the phone, go play a game, and I have to make myself go sit at my board because otherwise I, I if I try to get lazy and shortcuts, it doesn't work and my games are absolutely horrendous, like even more than bubble. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's, I just make a cut off time. If I know I'm going to spend, you know, an hour or something playing Mario Kart, that's okay. Just make sure, you know, watch the time, watch that deadline, right? That deadline each day where something needs to get done. So I, I don't feel guilty for that anymore.
0: Hmm. Sounds like a, a very long, long answer. healthy approach that keeps you on track, but doesn't make you feel bad when you're doing fun things. So I like it.
1: And no one should feel guilty for, like, not playing chess right away or if they want to do something else, right? Like, uh, like chess isn't all of life, right? It's just one part of it.
0: Yeah, I agree with all of that, except I do sometimes feel guilty, but. (laughs) Well, that's,
1: you know, I feel like that's the the perfectionist in all of us. So like, we we add more pressure on ourselves than we need to. And nobody's putting that pressure on us. Like, right, like my coach is just like, just play two games. Who cares if you lose? Who cares if your rating goes down, right? Because you're going to be playing two more games tomorrow. And it's the same thing. I'm like, okay, so if I just show up, I play a crappy game, fine whatever, at least it got done, you know, and that's, uh, it almost becomes like a, a way to trick myself into being productive, right? Like when you make your bed every morning, you know, okay, well I got out of bed and I made my bed. That's great. You know, like I did that and that's (laughs) off to a good start.
0: Yeah. Accomplish something. Um, so did you start with a coach like day one or what, what made you think, Hmm, maybe I should get a coach to work with.
1: Um, I had a really hard time with the chess engines in the beginning. Because when I would play a game and I would lose and then I would like, oh, I like the engine. Let's look at what it suggests. And um, I had no idea what was going on. And I was like, I don't understand what any of this is. Because it was just me on my own, right? So I'm like, um, I need a human to be able to interpret what I did wrong, which was like everything, right? So that's when I started seeking out a coach. And I was like, can we just explain like what this is? And there was just just because I was like the gap in my knowledge. I just, I knew how to play, like how the pieces moved. Um, I kind of understood some small components, but I was like, oh, we'll just play. And, and you know, I got my, my butt beat every time. I was like, but if I'm not understanding what I'm doing wrong, then I'm never gonna get better. Yeah. So I needed, I needed like someone to translate. And then of course I realized like, oh, there was like all this stuff I didn't know. And I didn't understand, you know, <laughs> a lot of stuff. And so that's why
0: I started getting a coach. And now, like, I, I don't know that I can work with that one, you know? Yeah, engines are, engines are so tough. I feel like even when you get better, um, like, I'm, I don't know, around 1,700. And I just realized maybe about a month ago, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't know that engines are helping me at all. Like, I, I'll use an engine, and then half the time I'm like, what, what is this? Like, is that actually a good move? Or is that just a weird computer move, and I don't Mm -hmm. really know, and it's just so helpful to talk to somebody who's better than me, right? Like, it doesn't have to be a GM or something. Just anyone better than me who can give me a clearer answer than what I'm able to give myself. I've I've been finding that to be incredibly helpful.
1: I I agree, and that's the thing about engines, right? They think I'm, like, way out there. I'm like, I don't, I'm not even remotely close to that point, so why does it does not
0: necessarily help me to know that I could have made this like insane like GM move because I would never be able to, to quantify that in my head. Yeah, it's funny because it's like when the engine I, you know, I, I look at all my games with an engine eventually. Um, if it's a rapid game, I go through it myself first, but it's hilarious to me. Like sometimes it'll be like blunder minus three points, and you're like, Yeah, I see that. Wow, that was dumb of me. Like that was like a one move tactic, mm-hmm. that was ridiculous. But then sometimes it will be like, blunder minus three points and then they're like see it was a it was a 12 move combo if you had just (laughs) seen it you would know that was a blunder and you're like listen engine (laughs) is there a way for me to check off like stop giving me these ridiculous moves i just want like regular moves yeah
1: that's what got me was like they'll be like it'll be like blunder and then i'd be like yelling at the screen going you don't see what I'm trying to do. My goal was this, right? Which wasn't what the computer wants you to do. And then it would just make me so mad. And I was like, why am I yelling at my computer? (laughs)
0: Uh, I have a friend. He's rated a thousand. And that is exactly what happens to him. I get regular texts and calls from him with positions where he's arguing with the engine. And he's like, the engine says this is a blunder. The engine is wrong. And I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, the engine's never wrong. Like, that's the thing. It's, it's technically right, but I see what you're saying. Your plan is a much more human plan, certainly a much more 1,000 plan than the plan that the engine is doing, which, you know, me at 1,700, I don't even get that plan. So that, that's, that's a whole <laughs> different ballpark for you, my friend.
1: Right. And to me, that's all user experience. So it would frustrate me even more because I'm like, this is my like, day-to-day work where all I do is think about how people use things. And then it would just make me so frustrated that the engine, like, wouldn't do what I wanted it to because all I do is think about how people use stuff and how to make it, how do they do that best, you know? It's
0: just, it would, it would irritate
1: me. So I, I for now, shut the engines off.
0: I got a great brainstorm idea. I think you or someone like you should work at chess.com and be able to have these conversations, right? Like, okay, what's the person's (laughs) rating? They're rated 800 let's make program the engine slightly differently, not to give them the very best move, but to try to like look at it through the eyes of someone around that level and say, you missed this one move tactic. That's a blunder. The engine came up with its other thing. That's too far beyond that person. We're not even going to show that. We're going to show this other thing. I think that would be an interesting feature at least to be able to have, you know, you can roll with the full engine if you want, or you can roll with like this, augmented version of the engine that, that's sort of tailoring the information more to a person's rating level. Yeah, that,
1: w- that would be really cool, just as I'm calling.
0: Yeah, all right. I'm <laughs> sure they listen. They're one of the 200 listeners of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: 199, because I'm
0: one of them. Oh, okay. Well, wow. we're we're, all, we're getting there. We're getting close. <laughs> and also, my mom listened to one of them, so I don't know if that counts. Uh, but that's all right. Well, uh, anything you want to add uh, about your journey, Jesse? It's been um, pretty fascinating for me to hear, as someone who you know really has has never played chess or other competitive things, to just jump in here and not not just not just like dip your toe in, but you have like leapt in fully into this ocean of chess, which can be quite overwhelming, especially with all the resources we have today. It seems like you are well on your way. I guess my question is, how are you enjoying the journey so far? Are you still enjoying it? Or do you have days where you're like, oh my goodness, why did I do this?
1: No, I I love it. And it's honestly, it helps to have like the chess punks community is just so helpful and supportive. And I think if I didn't have them, it would be a lot harder. Um, But honestly, I, I wake up every day like loving chess, even though I'm so bad at it, you know, but it's so fun. And then I'm like, okay, like I want to be better, but also, you know, I like to write about it and I like to do all sorts of stuff. So it it really like starts to inform every part of my life in some way or shape, you know, because then I'm like, oh, we do the chess chats and, you know, on Twitter spaces on Fridays. And I'm like, I just like to hang out with the community, right? Like I can't imagine, now I just can't imagine not having chess in my life.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I didn't even know about chess spaces until you mentioned it the other day. And now I'm really excited, um, to take part. Yeah,
1: we get some fun people. Sometimes we get like like Neil Bruce will come in and sometimes like Nate Swan. and then we get like regular folks who are just like, Oh, I'm just walking my dog and just wanna like hang out and chat while we while I walk my dog, you know? Yeah. And it's just like regular, like regular regular chess players, right? Um perfect.
0: so what we get everything it in it between. Hmm? What time and day is it at?
1: It's every Friday. I now do them at two PM Pacific. 5 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Um, that seems to be working well with getting more people. I've been doing this for about uh, two months. Hmm.
0: How long do like they last?
1: That. Depends. Sometimes, like, an hour, and sometimes, like, I think the longest they've gone is three and a half hours. Depends on how many people come in.
0: Wow. That's, that was a long <laughs> yeah. chat.
1: Yeah, but then it's, like, sometimes people just, like, come in and start asking questions and so if there's like a more experienced chess player that'll be like oh how do i how do i do this that or the other and then we'll mm. just help each other right and we just cool. get to talk about about the game and it's just super fun and it's just like there's no there's no set topic and nothing just just that's it like yeah. we just leave it open and it's like it's supposed to be like we're all just hanging out like a cop shop or something you know that's cool
0: uh i got a second what you said the chess punks community has been really uh amazing i kind of feel like that is the audience for this podcast so hey hey there you're probably <laughs> listening and you, you may be the only people listening but that's okay <laughs> we're we're having a good internal discussion if nothing else um, right that's
1: that's the thing right like it's it's like stuff that other chess punks would want to see and it's been pretty fun because then sometimes with the chess chat i'll get like some of my programmer friends will come in and hang out and then we'll talk mm-hmm. about like why magic the gathering is like chess <laughs> and then you know we think about like but why is coding like chess and and, and the ways that like chess can apply to other things and that's
0: always really fun too yeah for sure well that sounds fascinating I, I look forward to joining one of these uh twitter spaces uh yeah, well th- thanks so much for coming on jesse i really enjoyed hearing about your journey i have to imagine the listeners are gonna really enjoy this one and uh where can people reach you
1: Um, I'm on Twitter at Jesse Shakarian. Um, that's usually where I'm I'm most active. (laughs) So, uh, feel free to come and say hi.
0: Okay. And where do you, you were talking about writing about chess. Is this a blog that you want to talk about real quick?
1: Yes. It's my medium blog. It's like jshakarian.medium.com. I can, I can link it if you want to put it in the show notes.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. That's perfect. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, um, You can reach me on Twitter at Tiny Grimes Games. You can check out my, I don't remember what I call it, it's like 67 Days of Summer Break blog on chess.com, which, by the way, I only have like 20 days left, and I'm kind of freaking out. Summer break is almost over. (laughs) It's like the worst part of the year. The best part is the first day of summer break, and then the worst part is the last day. And don't get me wrong, I love teaching. But it is extremely draining and the summer being able to dedicate so much time to chess has just been amazing i've been telling people this is my favorite summer ever so <laughs> me to an end oh well i'm sad
1: enjoy every day
0: oh i'm trying well that's gonna wrap up another episode of chess journeys uh, i hope you all out there have a great week play some games do some puzzles remember it's not all about the rating gain it's about having a fun time with your journey and i'll see you next time